Welcome back to another Youth Centered Podcast. Uh, we are heading at the end of week eight, heading into week nine of our, our new normal here we have at the Youth Center. I'm happy to do this week's podcast with a, a favorite teacher, strong educator at the high school, Connor Meehan, uh, who's gonna come in and talk to us about a lot of different things from an education standpoint, from a parent standpoint, from a coach standpoint. Um, and obviously both of us have a sharing of being passionate and being a bit of positive individuals um, and trying to get through this. So first of all, Connor, thank you for coming back on the podcast. Thanks for having me, look forward to it. So we had you on the first time uh, talking, obviously, about um, student council, and we had the famous Caitlin Wessel on with you. But uh, if you could just start off for our new listeners who may not necessarily know who Connor is and who is Connor Meehan? Uh, so I'm a teacher over at North Andover High School. Uh, and this is my 13th year I'm in right now, and I've spent all 13 years over there. Uh, I teach English, public speaking. And then coaching, I uh, coach the track team, the shot put, and I advise the student council. Yeah, you do a lot of different things there, and I've, I've actually uh, been sitting on some uh, uh, committees with you, which we'll talk about a little bit shortly. But I wanted to get first into this amazing initiative you started. And if I'm correct, it was before the pandemic. Um, lots of different things were being started. And then obviously this initiative that you've taken place called Knights Care, which you're gonna give us a little bit of history of, has taken an incredible leap during these last eight weeks. And I am so impressed with your leadership uh, in getting the high school community involved. And some of the great things too is it has spilled over. I'm seeing wonderful things similar at the middle school, our elementary school, our early education center uh, for most of our schools in town here. So tell us the history of Knights Care and then take us through this Knights Care during the global pandemic. So, you know, it was actually the students that came up with the idea. We sat down with my executive board in the summer and I kind of led them through some questions, mainly what do we do well at North Andover High School? And the, and the conclusion was we're a school that cares about each other um, from sporting events to the band to uh, just in the halls caring about each other. So that's where we developed this hashtag Knights Care as something to kind of guide our work for student council through the year. We did, um, we started the year, we did some social media stuff, we did some signs up in the high school for teachers to write what they care about, students could post them too. Um, and we did in the middle of the year a, a Knights Care week where we already had our established traditional school spirit week, which is kind of like everybody coming together celebrating our school spirit. In the spring, we always do our Dude Be Nice Week, which is about celebrating kind of individual traits, kindness, gratitude, compliments. Um, and Knights Care Week was meant to kind of bridge the gap and be like, how do we celebrate those groups of school that, or groups within the school that are important to us? Um, then, so we had that in January, and, and like you said, then comes the pandemic. And with the staff videos that we've done, that came from you know, I was doing a little reading up on student council related stuff towards the beginning. And this was just something that was in there, staff, engage, staff engagement videos. Um, I emailed out a calendar to the, my colleagues, said, you know, sign up if you want to do a date and if you'd want to do like a 30 second video um, and hashtag night staff cares. It kind of just built off of it. So, you know, I didn't want to reinvent the wheel, but something to differentiate a little bit from what student council was doing too. And it took off and I was absolutely floored by, by what my colleagues did from Kristen Newman doing a, a parody song, uh, Steve Nugent's TikTok dance, Bennett Ahern practically making a feature-length film. Um, but I think it's also important to recognize like 
Sarah Coles was only 13 seconds, but it was heartfelt, and that's her. Um, Sarah Hickey is terrified of the spotlight, and she brings in other people, but all these teachers doing something to show they care. And I think just the range of videos that we, we saw was awesome from everybody. So the first couple that came out, I, I was blown away. And, you know, in our business and you and I with leadership and, and things like that, um, we're not reinventing the wheel. I mean, if there's something really good out there, we take that and shape it to ourselves. So mm -hmm. two days into your Knights Care staff video, I'm having my Zoom staff meeting with the with my staff here at the Youth Center. And I said, have you guys seen this from Connor Meehan? And obviously they had. Uh, and I said, we're, we're doing this. We, we got to do something. Again, we have a much smaller staff. Uh, it did work out. We have five staff and it's five days a week. So we were for the last seven weeks we were uh, each taking one day to kind of send some kind of a message on it but um the pressure was on you know when i saw bennett and hearns and i saw a few other people i said we, we got to get pretty creative and uh we really did we had kyle paladino um do something similar to scott young did at the high school but it was more like uh he played a member of the youth center and what a day at the youth center would be like and it, it was pretty funny and mm -hmm. We did some stuff with Halloween Day, and the staff was all dressed up in costumes. So um, when I saw all that and I said, this is really working, what was the reaction, initial reaction from your teachers? Because as you said, you know, and I know Sarah, I know Sarah Coles, um, Coles too, but reality being that some people love it, some people love the, the spotlight, other people, it's terrifying. What was your first reaction when you just threw this out to people? I mean, the, the people who wanted to do it, jumped on, and I had to send a couple waves of email out, and slowly a few more people jumped on, a few more. I think we ended up with 40 staff members. Wow. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think of anything I could say about North Andover High School is I truly believe we're, all our teachers care. All our teachers care in different ways, so we're not gonna get to 100%, because it's just not for some people. Um, but, at least to me, I didn't get any, any real, real blowback on it you know and one person did text me and say you know i think it's a cool thing you're doing it's not my cup of tea sure, sure. um but i generally i think it's gone well and, and the students liked it that i talked to on student council yeah so what is the reaction ben you've talked to your student council kids and uh, and i'm almost uh, i'm more at the front lines of dealing with kids i've heard positive things what what's your what what has gotten back to your desk in terms of how the kids have received this no the, ki the kids enjoyed it um you know, the Caitlin Wessel asked, uh, are the teachers competing for likes on Twitter? And <laughs> I said, no, we're just doing it because we want to. But right. everything I've heard has been positive. Right. And it's pretty great. I, um, I don't pretend to know all the staff at the high school like you, but I've been around a long time and I know a lot of them. It's interesting. I saw different sides of people that I didn't know about, right? So you think you know somebody or you think you know a piece of somebody and then you see a video and pretty hysterical stuff with that. Uh, how does Knights Care plan? Obviously, we have no school for the rest of the school year. Uh, what else will Knights Care do? Will you continue the videos? Do you have anything else up your sleeve here to kind of help uh, help uh, get the word out and positivity to and, and keeping people upbeat? As far as the, the staff goes, I've, I've talked to some staff members about a phase two, because like I said, the, the original idea I think has run its course. So we're talking about some ideas of maybe throwing some more videos out, not every day, but 
here and there. Yeah, I do think, you know, we talk about, um, and when you walked up the stairs with me, we talked about this too. I, I, I strongly believe there is Zoom burnout, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think all of us, you and me in particular, we're in thousands of Zoom meetings and, and kids and kid, you know, certain things get old, right? We live yeah. in a different society right right now where things move pretty quick and uh, it was great while it lasted. And I'm sure you'll have some other stuff with that too, but it was very powerful. And as I said to you, uh, I loved how the idea trickled down to like the use Center. Mm-hmm. And I saw versions of this, obviously, at the middle school and the elementary schools and our early education center and uh, just some really cool stuff. Let's talk about Connor, me and the educator right now. So um, I, I remember very clearly in March, we get sent home. Looks like we're going to be home for a couple of weeks. Uh, and then obviously that gets extended to May 4th and then eventually obviously gets extended to the end of the school year. Uh, myself and my department will probably be coming back in mid-May, staff only, no kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, when, they st- when they finally rolled out um, virtual learning uh, at the high school, as an educator, uh, I remember talking to a couple of our kids who, you know, they weren't critical of it, but they said some were really good at it, some, were, you know, struggled a little bit with the technology. For you as an educator, how did that uh, work for you? And can you tell us a little bit about how you think the virtual learning is going? So for me, one of the challenges, one of the biggest challenges I think we had at the high school was the fact that we're also turning this over when we're turning over our trimester too. So there's this whole process of, we have to close out trimester two remotely, get the kids to turn things in to us and you know, meet, get them to hopefully a passing grade while still planning an online system for trimester three. And a lot of the kids I have in trimester three classes are, are kids that I've never met before. And so that's been one of the biggest challenges is, is starting to build relationships with students who I might only know them as a uh, small picture in power school or the letter, the first letter of their name that pops up when we meet online. Um, curriculum wise, so I teach freshman and senior. Um, I think the senior one's been really, really fun for me because it's, a, it's my humor English elective and I kind of have that autonomy that I'm the only one that teaches it. I can you know, do what I want. I've kind of taken what I do in the um, classroom normally, shorten it, we're only meeting twice a week. With the three week later start, I told the seniors today, um, it's basically Tuesday of their last week because we got mm-hmm. four more classes. Um, with the freshmen, I think one of the challenges was getting, there's four freshman teachers getting us all on the same page. We all like to go in kind of different directions. We've done a lot of work in the English department about um, you know, giving us more autonomy to, to do what we feel is best for our students in our classrooms, go to our strengths. And I was really excited for what I had planned in, in teaching nonfiction for this trimester B. And then this happens and, and well, no, now we got to really make sure we're back on the same page and doing pretty much, if not the same, similar things so that a kid's not like, I'm in Mr. Mian's class and I'm doing, I'm just doing A and then I'm in Miss So-and-So's class and she's got me doing A, B, C, and D. You know, we had to have that kind of similarity in like what this looks like. So I, I do like the system that we have in place. I, I like, you know, I try to really focus it on, you got a 70 minute time slot, that's, that's the work I'm giving you to do. 
You might have a little bit of reading to do to get ready for the next class. Reading never hurt anybody. Sure. But, you know, I, I'm really trying to keep it that reasonable amount in a 70-minute class. And then usually try to meet with them on Google Meet once a week, too, just to, even if it is just looking at a first letter, at least making a connection. Sure. Now, in terms of your peers, I think some people look at what's being rolled out between teacher and student or whatever. How often do you have these conversations with your peers on what's working, what's not working from an educator standpoint? Every week we meet as a department. Um, and then we break off and meet as grade level co cohorts too. So we always start, uh, Carrie Caffrey is, is my department head. She's awesome about giving us that time in our meetings just to connect, talk about where we are and, and talk about what's working for us. And we've shared some things, we've got some ideas. And uh, so yeah, once a week we're talking behind the scenes. That's why that schedule is built like that, that kids have Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday classes. And then Friday's for us. To and Friday's for you. So what is the feedback? You have a lot of kids that are very open with you. They tell you like it is or whatever. From your perspective, I've heard from the kids' perspective, you know, straight on with me. But from a teacher, what have you heard from your students? Um, do they think it's working? Could it be done better? So I actually gave my freshmen a feedback form uh, after the first month. Only seven took it. Mm -hmm. Four said, all good. In fact, one said I was the favorite class, so I'll take that compliment. Mm -hmm. Three said it was a little too much work, so I'm looking at the amount of questions I'm given, and, and you know, it's tough feedback. It's easy to get defensive, like, well, you know, you haven't been on top of it either. But really, you know, kind of take that feedback and, and look at, you know, what can I do to kind of make the, tailor this to a little better. Um, and talking to like student council kids and, and them, the kids that aren't necessarily in my classes, um, they're fine with it. You know, they, they like the kind of looseness of it, but then that's what's driving us crazy as teachers. Sure. Because almost every day, I have to go back through every assignment I've given and see, okay, has anyone turned it in today? Has anyone turned this one in today? And, and so it's hard without, and I understand why we don't have deadlines. It's, you don't know what the situations of kids are at home. You don't know when kids can get on computers. I have one kid that said, I can only get on a computer on the weekend. Right. I understand that. It's just tough, and I think that losing that building, losing the high school, we, we lose some of that structure that, we, that a lot of these kids need. Absolutely. Now, let me step outside the actual educational learning. Um, obviously, as someone who works with families um, in town here and kids in general, um, um, obviously my number one concern is the social-emotional aspect of kids. And I think we're doing a really good job with kids that we've identified as kids we really need to check in. I think what's gotten lost on this is we sometimes uh, aren't really checking in with the social emotional with the kids that don't fit the total uh, parameters of, oh yeah, we need to keep an eye on this. And I'm talking about you know students that you have, high achieving mm -hmm. kids um, that are doing a real good job and we're like, we don't have to worry about them. Now my take on is we do have to worry about them. Absolutely. We at least have to check in on them. So talk to me a little bit in terms of the kids that you have in terms of checking in as an educator on more of the social emotional things. Well, let me give you a story that I, just this morning, moving out of North Andover, my nephew is in Wakefield Middle School. High achieving kid, smart kid, and his mother, my sister-in-law, is a teacher in the middle school too. So she's always pretty in the know of what he's doing. She gets a call last night from his English teacher who says, you know, hey, this is kind of awkward, but Kevin hasn't turned anything in in two weeks. I talked to his other teachers. Hasn't turned anything in any class in two weeks. So like you're saying, it's, it's a lot of these high achieving kids that they don't have the structure. They, they now have that freedom to like, hey, I can just go on my Xbox in my room for so many more hours now. And as soon as my sister-in-law went up and, and confronted him, 
he started going, uh, oh, I'm so stupid, and, and beating himself up mm -hmm. over it. And then he's up to 11 doing, doing all the work he missed. And I think that's where the social emotional piece comes in too, is that these are kids that want to do well and want to do what's right. They might not always make the right choice. And when they don't, they're going to beat themselves up over it. Right. And so for me, one of the things that I'm doing, I do in my classes, I do this in, in my class. I don't know how you word this. In, in, in reality, when, in the, when we're in the physical classroom, I try to do this once a week. And it's taken even more of importance for me now. Is it's, I call it the temperature check. And it's, it's a simple survey. How are you doing today? One, two, three, four, five. Five is I'm great. I'm good. I'm meh. I'm struggling. And I'm having a really hard time. I could use a check-in. And then if they want to tell me why, there's an option to tell me why. But at least I'm getting that read. And I'll tell you, I'm seeing a lot more threes and twos mm. over this than I did when I was in the classroom. Yeah, I mean, I love your idea. I mean, that's something that could be. And again, I'm not trying to add more things to an already busy teacher's schedule. Uh, but if we really are con worried about the complete person, we need to find a way to check in on that. And that actually seems to be a nice way to do it. Um, smaller scale, like I start off my staff meetings. And again, it's five adults. It's different than kids. But, you know, our first 10 minutes of our staff meeting is me going around to my five staff, people just checking about how they're doing. You know, we're the, we're the face of positivity. We're, you know, trying to get, be optimistic about everything. But I got to make sure my five staff members are, are pretty good too. And I think... I think yours is a nice template that people could do because not everybody's going to want to talk. Not everybody is going to, is even going to be maybe in a tough situation. But I think the, the ones that are easy to identify, uh, you know, dealing with guidance counselors at the high school, the middle school, in our elementary school, I think people are on top of those kids. Um, we're on top of the kids who use the youth center every single day, and now the youth center is closed. We got to check in on that. I am imploring people to really check in with the other kids that everybody makes the opinion that they're okay. And maybe they are, and hopefully they are, but we need to find a way. So I really like your template, and maybe other teachers will take that on. Uh, let me talk to you a little bit about um, do you think the, how do you think the parents have have been to you in particular because you can speak for yourself um have you gotten decent feedback from parents i know parents you know they're struggling too they're trying yeah. to they're trying to understand everything they want a lot of things i do think as i said yesterday in one of my videos uh, appreciation for teachers is a, is is very much renewed because they're doing a lot of stuff at home etc what's your take from uh from teachers that you've i mean from parents that you've had i haven't gotten too much parent feedback what i started doing two weeks ago now that we're kind of settled in and I have a lot more of a routine built into my classes. With my freshmen, I'm proactively emailing the parents with the agendas for the week. So I sit down on Sunday and I come up with what I, my Monday, Wednesday classes are gonna look like. Um, I post them in Google Classroom for my, for my students and then I just copy those and send them to the parents too. Um, one parent emailed me back and said, thank you so much, this helps, it helps me. You know, you know, nothing else really came back, but I'm hope, my hope is that they, especially when we have these Google Meets, which are optional, are saying like, hey, don't you have a class at 8.30? Shouldn't you pop into that? So helped a little bit with attendance. Um, the other thing is the, the completion. I said in one of my emails, hey, can you just have your students look at PowerSchool and see where, you know, if there's green check marks, they're good. If they're orange squares, that means it's missing. I had a couple kids email me after that, say like, oh, I just turned this in. So I think it's had some positive effect, but like you said, parents are spread thin right now too. Sure. Um, I know I, the stuff I'm able to do for my classes 
it's because my wife's awesome and she's taking the kids for the morning too. Yeah, so. yeah. I think, and I think sometimes people need to understand our teachers have their own lives during a global pandemic too. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you being a young father, um, and you know, all these things, things that go through that, that we all got to work this out. And the reality is, we've never had anything like this before. So we're we're learning on the fly here. And I think, uh, I think overall, there is some things that are going excellent. I think there's some things, and I'm I'm one that can look in the mirror. I, I think we've got to probably over the course of the summer, and we're going to talk a little bit about next year is, you know, we probably got to say what worked, what didn't work, and what do we got to get better at, and what do we got to communicate better, and hopefully we can do that. You and I are both um, sitting on, and you're on a ton of committees, obviously, at the school, but uh, I was um, I was very humbled to be asked to be on the 2020 Senior Class Subcommittee. I'm not sure exactly what our name of it is, but it's a group of 28 of us that have been going to be meeting for the last couple of weeks, and we'll be meeting for the next four weeks on doing some things for the very special senior class that has obviously um, lost a lot of things that we took for granted. So um, some of the stuff was released, obviously, to parents and kids last week. Um, you know, mixed reviews. Some kids love the stuff. Obviously, people are disappointed that there's just certain things we can't do with social distancing. But how about from your perspective? Can you give a little bit um, to our listeners of some of the stuff that is public now that we're hoping to do for our senior class? Yeah, and I think you used the key word there, Rick, that it's a loss. And I said this to my student council seniors when this happened. You, you guys lost something really big. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to be angry. Like, and know that there's this, great, there's this committee that's going to put stuff together. And it might not fit everything you envision, but we're, we're trying our best here. Um, so I know, you know a couple of the, the days that are, we're typically have leading up to graduation, the scholarship night, the uh, awards, usually during the day. We're doing it for a night now. Um, those are both going to be videotaped that presenters can still give their presentations scholarship night I'm sure they'll still share the stories that's always a big part of that is the stories behind those scholarships too um, graduation is going to be filmed they are setting up appointment slots for people to come in and keep everything sanitary they'll t turn over the stage and everything like that but kids can bring their family and, and walk across the stage and receive their diploma have their name read they're setting that stage right up in the in the uh, auditorium for kids, and then there's the car parade, which I know that's kind of your specialty as as a, you know, with your community connections and everything that you're serving on that that committee. That we're going to line up all the kids at the um, high school that want to participate, and I believe they're they're asking the parents to drive, uh, so the kid can be the star of the show, and they're going to drive them through town and give people an opportunity to celebrate the seniors in person. And I know they're looking at July, trying to give them some possibly a prom possibly a celebration obviously that all depends on on where we're at in this whole pandemic yeah i mean as, as somebody that um is outside the school system obviously i partner with the school system but i've been impressed with these meetings i've, I've impressed with the passion of the people on the committee administrators um, teachers, uh, community reps, um, you know, obviously I'm representing the youth center. EJ folds phenomenal job representing the police department because a lot of this does fall on the police department. You have the SOS parents, you have other people, uh, the scholarship people. We're excited because obviously we give out um, a couple of big scholarships here. We give out uh, for uh, Joseph um, 
and Herman scholarships, and we also give out two Bill Meckel scholarships. So our group here is actually meeting this weekend. They're coming here to do their film to explain what the scholarships are, how important they are, and we're gathering wonderful pictures of our recipients, um, who we love, and we're going to submit that to uh, Diane St Stevens and Miss Conti, who are actually um, spearheading that. Um, so I think it's going to be different. I think the virtual scholarship thing is kind of neat i think we're going to be able to watch that and uh and then similar with the award show um i'm not necessarily a part of the awards so but i've you know been to it a number of times i i humbly have an award named after me and uh you know i'm actually excited to see who gets the the peace prize this year as both a teacher and a kid and i think that's going to be a nice thing too that the kids will get their awards and again i get it graduation is not what everybody necessarily wants, uh, but it is what we have right now. And I just think the committee's doing a phenomenal job of putting all that together. Um, your thoughts of that committee, Connor? Yeah, I, I just want to make sure we shout out to Derville Bentley and Lauren McDonald, who Absolutely. are the senior class advisors. And when they signed up for this four years ago, they, you know, they didn't know they'd be getting themselves into this. And I think they're taking um, a brunt of the focus, too, of when people see negatives here, it's going to them. And but they are working so hard with, with the class officers, Jack Muse, Anant, Caleb, Lilly. Those are four kids I've known so well over the years of student council. They're doing such a great job. And, and Dervil and Lauren are doing this while both, you know, te well, Dervil's teaching, Lauren's doing, you know, still has her role as a nurse, and both have seniors. Uh, Lauren's got Kiki here in the district and, and mm -hmm. a son at St. John's, and Dervil's got a senior over in Amesbury. So right. they're dealing with this on, on multiple levels, and they're doing an awesome job. Yeah, two very special advisors, and I, I agree. I don't think they signed up for this four years, but they're I just love their attitudes in these meetings. And, and again, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't say a lot in those meetings. I am involved. We're very excited. Uh, the Youth Center staff is going to be involved with EJ Folds in, in doing the uh, social distancing piece on the parade route. Uh, we're excited about that. We're going to get a bunch of our board members and a lot of community volunteers to help with that. But as I sit in those meetings, and the one thing that's just overwhelming to me is how much people care, um, you know, listening to Debbie Daly, how she's going to, you know, distribute the caps and gowns and what we're going to do with this. And, you know, at the end of the day, I know it's not perfect. I know it's, I know it's not what everybody wants. But, um, again, I'm impressed with the passion that these, these everybody has been doing on that. And I look forward to continuing with that. Let's talk a little, talk a little about your student council. Um, you know, you have a great group. Obviously, I know them all. Um, great leaders. Uh, what's the role of the student council? I mean, obviously, Knights Care was by that. Like, what's, what's the state of the mind of your, you, you know, your student council kids at this point? They're good. Um, you know, the, it was my earliest lesson in this kind of virtual world that we're in now was I met with my e-board probably the first Friday after we were closed. I met with them over Zoom. And um, we're, we're, t we're talking, and, and for probably about five, ten minutes, they were just chatting about nothing student council related. And I think it was Caitlin was like, sorry, we'll get back to student council. And I'm like, no, like mm -hmm. you need these connections. Like, so that's what one of my things with trying to keep the consistency of student council going with e-board meetings on Friday and whole, whole council meetings on Mondays. Um, you know, just to give them those chances to connect. And I, I did some icebreakers the first couple student council meetings just to, you know, keep it light. And now I'm kind of showing them some videos, the um, kind of motivational videos to kind of get them thinking outside the box too. Um, but as far as what student council has been doing, I said this to them this week, they've pushed something out almost every day mm. of this closure. They've had some sort of theme every week and, and they've been simple things. The, the music week I, I tweeted yeah, you about, yeah. it was just like, hey, 
you know, what's, what's your favorite this type of song? What's your favorite that? But essentially, we've done an event every day. You'd never dream of doing an event every day when you're in school. And so I'm so proud of them, of the, the consistency they've had to stick with this. Now Teacher Appreciation Week is sending out one, just one thing on uh, Instagram, like, hey, email your friendliest teacher today. Email your funniest teacher today. Um, and I got to give Linnea Parker is our historian, and she's the one, you know, we talk about these things in our, in our meetings, and she takes them and, and brings them to life on Instagram in ways that I could never do. Um, but I'm just so, so proud of what they're doing, of, of pushing something out. And we're still, I mentioned earlier, our Dude Be Nice Week. Yeah. And we're still going to do a virtual Dude Be Nice Week next week when we would have done it in school. Yeah, I love it. I love looking every day of what the latest thing is. Uh, <laughs> I kind of act like I'm a 17-year-old. I, I, I really jumped in a lot of that music stuff. Music's really important to me. So I, I, I was all over your different things with that. And then I'm seeing the, uh, the teacher appreciation stuff. This stuff this week has been great. Let me talk to you a little bit about you, right? So you're, you're a young father. Uh, wife, um, you know, what's this been like for someone? Uh, we, we know economy and the educator, but the, the husband and father, what's this been like for you? Well, I mentioned earlier, my wife is amazing. She is a, uh, she works at a dental office, the front desk staff, and so she's been out of work since um, just after me. They kind of kept her on a week or two after just to do like a day or two a week to, they weren't taking patients, but, you know, phone, take phone calls, handle the payments coming in. But she's been out of work virtually as long as I have. And, and so, you know, she is awesome in supporting me, understanding, like, you know, the role that I have in the school. And, and when I have to say, like, hey, I got to pop on to the student council meeting, she'll, she's totally good taking the kids. I have um, my son's almost four. My uh, daughter's nine months. And so she's a great mother. Um, but, you know, I think the toughest thing for us, I, we know we're doing the right stuff as far as keeping them safe healthy um but i think we're missing the 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 social interaction owen my son was in his first year of preschool and he was just kind of settling in and making friends at school and at his gym class that he was doing once a week and that's all just kind of taken to him and and so the kind of scariest thing for us and you talked about social emotional is you know him not interacting with other other kids his own age right now and my wife struggles with you know the baby she's at her cutest age right now and uh Nobody really gets to see her. Nobody gets to hold her. Even when we, you know, we socially distanced from her parents and, and my parents this past weekend. And, but couldn't hold them. You know, they could just look at them. And that's tough. What are some of the things, and that is tough, what are some of the things that you're actually doing? Like, I, I am intrigued to know what people are doing this. Like, my, people who know me, I'm usually 90 miles an hour. I'm, I'm not home that much in terms of work commitments and other outside curricular activities that I'm involved with. But so what is the new life for you? What do you find yourself doing more? You're reading more? What are you doing? Trying to read more. Um, doing a lot of student council work that's kind of one of the things that keeps me going this the you know the program and last time i was here we talked about this program character strong that i brought to the school and they did um a virtual summit for educators with all these uh, professional development videos they do these weekly um assemblies virtual assemblies where they bring in speakers and that um do different video clips and so i kind of that's been kind of my personal professional development is trying to when i have time work on those things and doing the reading too um but you know i think i kind of go into my room in in the morning and have my little classroom set up and um that's when my wife's watching the kids and then i kind of as much as i can when i when i'm not in senior class meetings in the afternoon and kind of take the load off her and take the kids as much as i can i know 
my son is um, for some reason very obsessed with Mario right now, <laughs> and we're playing a lot of. We we schedule half an hour in the morning, half an hour in, a, in the afternoon. That he he doesn't even play; he just watches me play Mario. So. Wow. Kind of nice for me too. Interesting. I will regret ask if I forgot to ask this. I want to check in. How is your father-in-law, Kevin, doing? He's doing really well. Um, my mother-in-law, Kevin's wife, had a little bit of a uh, a scare. It turned out she had E. coli, ah. but they brought her in. We were was worried it was COVID, um, and eventually they kind of got to the root of it. And she's doing very well now. So, like I said, we saw both of them. We saw my parents this past weekend. And, Everyone's doing well. That's great. Uh, it is a small world. Uh, Connor's father-in-law is actually um, my my brother, my oldest brother, who passed. Um, Kevin was one of his best friends, and I think our connection was was when you won the Peace Prize, and mm -hmm. Kevin Ganey kind of knew who Rick Gorman was, that mm -hmm. type of thing. So send my best to both of them. Of course, uh, yeah. hope they're doing well. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about... Um, you know, both you and I are positive people, extremely optimistic, self-motivated. Let me ask you something. Economy and must-have is down moments at times. How do you deal with that? Yeah, I had I had one. I had um, I struggled with a little bit. You know, kind of a couple weeks into the teaching, am I doing what's right? And that's why, I, you know, I put out the survey. It's tough when, you, you know, I have a class of 17 and three show up to the Google Meet. Um, I just got to kind of follow what I know is right, talk through it with my friends, talk through it with my wife. Um, and the other thing that just kind of keeps me going is, is like I said, the, you know, the, the videos, the professional development stuff I'm doing, like looking for those ideas of things I can bring back to the school. Um, you know, the trying to focus on positives, focus on what I can control. For sure. Now, about two or three months ago, um, I reached out to you. My staff um, had a meeting, and we decided that we would like you, Connor and to be our guest speaker at Youth Appreciation Day. It's probably the biggest day for us at the Youth Center. It's a chance for us to honor anywhere between 120 and 200 middle school and high school kids who volunteer, give back. Um, and we have a wonderful day. We have some major awards that are given out. Uh, we have some gifts, not expensive gifts, but we have a few gifts that we give all the kids, the Youth Appreciation Day t-shirt. We have a wonderful cookout outside. And then we obviously have someone that come in for the last 30 plus years and has kind of given a little bit of a, a, a pep talk to the kids about, how, first of all, congratulating them on their award and kind of give them the how they can continue to do that. And you are our unanimously selected person. And I do want to tell people, Youth Appreciation Day is going to happen. It is scheduled at the end of May. That may have to be pushed a little bit later uh, when the governor gives us a little bit more clarity of larger groups. Uh, we actually have a safety plan to actually have it outdoors uh, with spread out places for the kids. Um, and we're going to make sure this definitely happens. But first of all, uh, you know, what was your feelings about being asked to be our, our Youth Appreciation Day speaker? I'm very excited for the opportunity. I, I mentioned before I teach public speaking. I obviously use my public speaking as, as a teacher, um, but, you know, I don't get enough opportunities to just sit there and write a speech and come up with something I want to share. Um, so I'm really excited for this opportunity. As soon as you emailed me and told me what it would be about, and my mind started going with ideas, and I, I, got, I think I got some good stuff ready to go and to flush out a little bit more, but I, I got a good theme ready to go. And Caitlin told me I, I had a big shoes to fill, that last year's speaker was pretty funny. I don't know, 
I don't yeah. know that I'll be the funny guy, but you know, <laughs> I, I think I got some good ideas to share. We've had some tremendous people over the years, and I'm sure you will do a wonderful job. And it's uh, it's just a really nice night for us. So for all those kids out there listening into the parents, Youth Appreciation Day will happen, just like we're dealing with the senior activities and stuff it may be later in the summer but it is going to happen i do want to let you know the awards are in the t-shirts have been ordered the um, gifts have been awarded so we're moving forward on that whole thing so we're really looking forward to have connor on that connor let's switch gears a little bit about um you know school will end in june uh there will be some evaluation of what worked probably what didn't work um as i said off off air i tend to listen to our medical profession more probably than our politicians. Um, I am concerned about this potential second wave. Uh, and if you listen to people, the second wave could be at the end of the summer. It could be in the fall. It could be in the winter. Obviously, nobody knows per se. Um, if we were to have a second uh, wave of this, it could impact next year's school system uh, in the school year. What's your thoughts? Again, you're not going to be etched in stone with everything you're saying here, but how do you see maybe the high school what it'll be like in september if we are under the, some of these restrictions yeah it's it's going to be it's going to be weird it's it's there's more questions right now than there are answers and um you know my sister-in-law brought this up to me when i was talking to her that even the simple act of handing out papers mm. you know that's that's not going to work anymore one of my big goals for the year was to to start really greeting every kid as they walked into my room with usually like a fist pump I'm, I can't do that anymore. I can't right. shake hands or, or any of that stuff. So I have to reevaluate how I'm going to do that. Um, you know, I think just even what the school day looks like. What, you know, do we have some kids in the morning, some kids in the afternoon? Because my, my classroom cannot fit, you know, socially distant. I got, I got 10 tables in there. Probably each one's probably six feet. Sure. So that's 10 kids. You know, so how do we break up the classes? How do we... Um, you know, deal with class size with the with the amount of teachers we have. It's a shuffle days, and you know, if that's the case, where does virtual learning come in? Do we are we going to have live classes some days and virtual classes other days? There's a lot of questions, but I know it's going to look different, and I hope that we also look at what we're doing in the classroom, and that we don't just say like, okay, it's September, we're back to where we were right. last February. I think this is. You know, a great example is these senior events and, and, and looking at these and saying like, okay, we, how do we, we, we're talking now about how to make them good. How do we keep the conversation going? Because we've done senior events pretty similar. Are there areas we can improve upon? Same thing for education, same thing for what I'm doing in the classroom. You know, I've, I've cruised through this. What have I learned throughout this whole thing? How can I make my physical in the classroom teaching better? Uh, and the last thing I'll say on it too is, and I emailed Mr. Jackson, Mr. Young on this, that I think an important thing is that when we get back to school, whatever it is, it's huge. It's a celebration. We've missed this building, teachers, students, one way or another, everyone's missed this, missed being there. And one of my student council role models, Paul Brannigan, who uh, runs the state student council as the Middleborough principal, he said very well, when, when my kids come back, it's gonna be like the Super Bowl. 
And I think that's important to celebrate being back. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, you know, running a youth center here, um, we're hoping to have some summer programs that would probably be a bit of a test of how certain things work. Um, obviously, we're going to have to wait for governor's guidelines. Uh, you yourself will have to wait for, you know, the Department of Ed's guidelines. I myself will be listening to the, the municipal government, Melissa Rodriguez, our town manager, of what we can do and what we can't do. Um, I do want to have an attitude of the celebration that we're, we're going to try to do something and then when we can get back to as much of the what I call the new normal because I don't think anything we're used to knowing is ever going to exist again. Um, you know, we're huggers here at the youth center, we're high fivers, we're fist bumps. Um, that's going to change big of how we actually connect with kids here. But my biggest thing is all of us, I need to continue to work on this. Um, it's a daily thing. Um, and we need to start thinking long term because I think, you know, not to depress anybody, but what's the next pandemic? What's the next issue that may affect how we learn, how we congregate in relationships? And we need to do that. Let me finish with a, a few questions. You um, teach seniors and freshmen. So I want to ask in terms of you're going to have a whole new group of freshmen that are coming in next year. Now, let's remember, you know, we talk about the senior class. We're not doing a lot of talk about the eighth graders that are making the big step up from being the big cheeses down at the middle school to being the, you know, the little folk up at the high school. And they haven't been able to have their transition days. They haven't been able to have a connection. They haven't been able to hear the rumor of, you know, don't go to the, don't go to the pool on the fourth floor or something. Uh, what's your message to these incoming, uh, incoming ninth graders, present eighth graders, as they make this next step up in a whole different world? Well, first off, uh, join student council and throw shot put for me. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I don't know that my advice to them right now would be any, any different than on a normal school year, that we're a great school, that there are adults in the building that care about them, that we're going we're gonna to help you transition and come in with an open mind. Don't come in. It doesn't matter who you were in eighth grade. It doesn't matter where you stood with the middle school. This is a fresh start and come in with an open mind come you know wanting to do your best and be the best you that's an awesome message i'm going to give you a final word here and i would like the final word to be directed and i know you're passionate about this so many of your kids are in the class of 2020 um and obviously we all as a community uh, feel bad for the 2020. I think we're trying to do whatever we possibly can. What's your final word to these kids that are leaving the high school, didn't get all the things that we think of passages of life, but they're heading on to the next unknown in their life, college, you know, and we talk a lot, you know, it's been a lot of years since I've been in college, but college for me was the best four years of my life. And what's your message to all those kids that are walking out of North End of a high school into the next chapter of their life? No, I, I kind of always think, my advice to the senior class is don't let these four years define you. Don't let that building define you. Because a lot of kids do walk out of there saying, high school was the best four years of my life. And my hope for them is that, no, like you said, college, getting your job, finding your significant other. Mm. You know, every year for me gets to be the best year of my life. And, um, you know, I think this, that advice of don't let this define you takes a new level during this. That it is heartbreaking that you didn't get to finish the year in that building. That you didn't get to finish the year with your peers next to you. But don't let that define you. You know, Go to wherever you're going next year, military, work, 
uh, college and, and just make it yours and make those the new best years of your life. Great advice, and, and obviously we echo that all from the Youth Center here. Um, young people at the high school, going to the high school, parents get to know Connor Meehan. Um, I've been around here 32 years, and uh, he's one of the best um, educators, uh, passionate advocates. Uh, he's a relationship connector, um, and he will help you along the way. And uh, so those, especially those kids coming in the ninth grade, make sure you get connected with him on that. Connor, thank you once again for coming in and helping us out at this week's Youth Centered Podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, next week, we're going to be having Brian Frazier from NATV come. Uh, and the interesting thing is NATV has taken on an entire new importance uh, during this global pandemic. Uh, I think sometimes we took NATV for granted, right? It's the cable, Steve. Maybe you can watch a, a review of the football game or you can see a school committee meeting or a, a selectman meeting. I cannot impress enough of people of how much Brian and his staff has had to do during this global pandemic. They are virtually putting on everything that we're doing. They are so involved with this class of 2020 celebration, uh, those awards show, the scholarship, it's all because of that. Uh, the public address announcements that they've been making from all the community reps, um, they're filming. Heck, they were here this week to film our staff because we're doing a town video from all the municipal departments. Um, so Brian's gonna come in and talk about all the stuff he does and then obviously how technology and how NATV can help us even more so during this period. So we look forward to having Brian. So once again, thanks to Connor Meehan. And as we finish every podcast, we always say too much passion is never enough passion. <laughs>